love my delete later. I bloody hope you do. You can support our show by using the new ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there is no regular commitment. Just smash that link in the show description and support us now so we can keep making this podcast. Thank you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Might Delete Later, where we get guests to dredge up their first ever social media posts, their worst ever social media posts, and one they like. I'm Stevie, and I hate social media with an ardent passion. I'm her sister, Gina, and I quite like it with an ardent passion. Can you and quite today, like it with an ardent passion? <laughs> well, I do now. And today our guest is comedian and great friend to Stevie, Nish Kumar. So you will have seen him on literally every panel show that ever was and ever will be. But he most notably hosts The Mash Report and is about to front a new American satirical show called Hello America. And Ooh. he also is known for getting a lot of shit on Twitter for being left wing. Um, Brexit was a real time for him. Um, he was against it. Um, I've been friends with him since he worked in a call centre in like 2012 and have three followers. So it's quite fascinating. And also, I'm not going to lie, slightly worrying to see how much his social media presence has grown, really. We recorded this episode before lockdown, and it was a fun one, um, despite having such a seemingly divisive online presence. <laughs> presence. Presence. You're so Austrian right now. I am. Uh, Nish is pretty positive about the whole thing, uh, except about Instagram. Yeah, he doesn't like Instagram, does he? And his, his girlfriend, Amy, sorts it out for him. Um, yeah, he's very much a, a Twitter guy. Um, but ha- have a listen. And look... I think just be kind to people online, please, even if they don't share your political views. Okay, um, check out our Instagram at Might Delete Later Pod for all the posts that Nish mentions in this episode. And shout out to Sony Fourth Floor Creative where we recorded this episode. And that's Nazi skewed. Enjoy, enjoy. I'm gonna start the podcast by saying what I would delete this week is this feature because I've forgotten what my thing was. <laughs> okay, so, okay. I would delete the phrase. Oh, it is what it is. I fucking hate that phrase. It pisses me off. People say it all the time when you want to have a conversation about stuff. They go, "Well, you know what? It is what it is." And it's like, "Oh, great!" And then the world will never progress. That's what I delete. I hate it. Very good. Pisses me off. Okay, I delete uh, the concept of roots. In your hair. Vegetables. Oh. So I think hair should just stay the same length. Hang on. And then you cut it, and then it's that's your haircut. Oh, that'd be good. No, I go back on that, because then I'd have the same haircut I had when I was eight. That's true. Yeah. Oh my god, you had a bowl cut when you were eight, remember? I did. I wanted to Yeah, like I'd George. have a flat top. That's all right. That's a flat top. It's like where you it's basically like if you when you shave the back and sides. Uh, and like it a just crew goes, cut goes straight up. Yeah, yeah. But no, it just goes straight up. Think, oh. <laughs> uh, think the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, yes. Yeah. Or um, Hey Arnold's Friend in or Hey Arnold. Or Hey Arnold's Friend. Oh, he was the sickest. <laughs> well, those are my two him. style icons. Yeah, absolutely. So good. Okay. I thought you meant roots as in root vegetables, Steve. Yeah. I'd never delete root veg. You like, don't like parsnips. Whenever, no, it keeps us regular. It keeps 
keeps us regular. So it keeps us seeing well. That's actually a myth. It doesn't it, keep it us seeing well. No. It, I, what I would delete this week is the phrase "get Brexit done." Yeah. So I would delete that phrase. Sure. We're recording this in the lead up to the election, and I just if I hear one more person say "get Brexit done," I think my head is going to explode. It also makes no sense because you can't just like it's like a football chant. You're like, no. But also, it's mad because you sort of go. It's going to take years to resolve yeah. all of the so customs negotiations. It. There's so much to, to do. And I think, you know, in 11 months' time, when we're once again facing another deadline, because the withdrawal agreement opens us up to a December 2020 deadline, what are they going to, like... What are they going to still gonna be saying, saying that? <laughs> still get it done. Do it, do it again, but just do get, it more. Just get it done. It's just like, get it. We're going to be saying that for a year now. Also, like, it's supposed to, it was supposed to be... It was supposed to be this great thing. This amazing thing that was going to like give yeah. us all free, and now everyone's just like, "Oh, just finish it." Everyone is like that. <laughs> like the main argument is just, "Well, we just finish it quickly." Yeah, from like, all the people who were so there for it, and now just like, "Stop, make it stop." <laughs> like, great, mm, so good. That's a good point. Is you, it, it, are you done? fed up of talking about Brexit? Lots of people say I'm fed up of talking about Brexit. Mm. Or you must be fed up of talking about Brexit. First of all, it's like my job is to do. One of my jobs is to do comedy about politics. Yeah. And so it's a bit indulgent to be like, oh, I'm, I'm bored. so bored of my, <laughs> let's face it, quite easy job. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I have to talk about, you won't believe it. I have to talk about, but also I think it's quite a sort of, it's quite an indulgent line to take. Agreed. Like something mm-hmm. that could have a really, could have a really damaging impact on the country. The idea that you could sort of be bored of that, yeah. I think, is a, That's quite privileged. It feels quite point. privileged. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah. I agree. I find that with politics in general. Like, oh, I'm so bored of politics. Oh, I'm just yeah, yeah. But it's like, well, that's easy for you to be because if depending on what happens, your life doesn't really change that much. Yeah, you're I, fine. You can check out. But I your understand life if like if people who have no professional interest in this get bored of politics, that makes sense to me. But I'm bored of people who work at various levels in politics and journalism and even comedy about politics and journalism when they say oh I'm so bored of Brexit you're like that is a really it's your job it's not helpful yeah Yeah, that's not not how it works that's not you you don't that's not how anything works no I feel you you're right What's your? What would you say your relationship is with social media? Complicated. Yeah. Very complicated, as everyone's relationship is. Yeah. So my relationship with it starts, I guess, with MySpace. Like I think I was on was MySpace. It? Yeah, yeah. Did you do like? Um, did you like straighten your hair in some sort of emo fringe? No, no, no. I wasn't. And Tom Hardy. Uh, no, no. <laughs> No, I didn't, there aren't loads of pictures of me in my underpants. Damn and it. if there were, I suspect they wouldn't be as desirable as pictures of Tom Hardy in his <laughs> underpants. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I, I was on MySpace, and that all seemed to be fine. And then I was sort of part of the first wave of Facebook users. Yes. In it, to, uh, my second, around my second year of university. So 2006? maybe 2006. Yeah. yeah. To that, late 2006, early 2007. Yeah. And. And I remember the sort of excitement of that. It was really just a good way of organising your friendship mm. at university. Like it was a good way of letting because we because mobile phone technology was wasn't quite where it is now. Snake. It was equipped. It, it was that. It was snake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was the equivalent of being able to sort of send group texts and group WhatsApps. You yeah. could organise events on Facebook and and that and that was all it really seemed to be. And for photo sharing, 
And yeah, so when we were at university, yeah. it just seemed to sort of... Take out your digital camera and then upload yeah. 300 images yeah, of the yeah, same yeah, night. Yeah, 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 so yeah. genuinely. Or plug in your, you know, your old Nokia camera yes. and upload a photograph, which by the pixel. time it was... yeah. By the time it was blown up to a moderate-sized <laughs> desktop computer screen, it was absolutely indecipherable. Yeah, yeah, like fully. it was like a magic eye picture. And like, all of the <laughs> albums were called like Friday Night Lash. Yeah, yeah, Thursday yeah, Night Lash. Yeah, 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 yeah. Night Lash. January 20, 2018. Not January twenty eighteen. <laughs> no, because that, 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 that was two years cool. ago. <laughs> that was Brexit. Cool. Bye. <laughs> I've lost track of time. But yeah, I remember being it all being very exciting, and I do remember when you watch the Social Network. I do remember a point at which people started to use Facebook I as a verb. I do too. Verb. I remember seeing Steve using it and being like, what's yeah. she doing? Well, and also no. people started ver- using it as a verb. Like, there's, it's a sort of quite Facebook big bit see, in the movie yeah. where you yeah. Facebook someone. It's weird that we have that, like, those memories of the feeling of it being created and what the opportunity was and then finding ourselves here and it's like, God, yeah. how much has happened? But that's yeah. right. So I'm technically on Instagram, by which I mean my girlfriend has set up an Instagram yes. under my name. Amy and listen to a well, podcast. Amy and listen to a podcast. Her and Ashling B, who is a friend of ours, decided that I needed to have an Instagram presence. Mm. And so they set one up. Mm. And so now I'm, you know, through a third party. Yeah, you're loading, on but you're Instagram. not like Do you okay it? it or do they just put anything out? So have you looked no, at it recently? Sometimes you I know send it's pictures the... of your ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's only well, pictures of your butt. In that case, you're welcome, the internet. <laughs> what, a tri- what a chocolate treat for you all. Because <laughs> um, I, I, I just don't have the enthusiasm for it because I feel like I've seen the full life cycle of Facebook yeah, and now I am like Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park in the sequel when he's st- in the second Jurassic Park movie he's like because everyone says oh Instagram's nice because it's just pictures of dogs but there's yeah. a bit in the second Jurassic Park film where Jeff Goldblum says oh it always starts out like this Ooh, ah, and then there's the screaming and the running oh, yes, and that's how yeah. I feel yeah. about all forms of social yeah. media now. Like, I remember Facebook when it was a way of organising five people to come round to a barbecue at your university friend's house as opposed to a Petri dish for neo-Nazism. Literally, yeah. Like, and, like, it's, all it, of your older family sharing, like, right-wing memes. And you're yeah. like, sick, I want to leave. Yeah. And, and with Twitter, I, I joined in 2010. Again, I didn't really have any enthusiasm for it because even by 2010, Facebook had become... A slightly different thing, and yeah. I think also not. That's not even just a really bad thing. It also become a thing because your f- older relatives were on there. Yeah. Like my brother got busted for not going to see my aunt and uncle oh, shit. because he said he was ill. But yeah, then my cousin found no pictures of him drunk up. It's not your safe space anymore. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember I was like that in uni. I was like posting stuff, and I was like, Mom and Dad are going to see it. Yeah. So you like then you start to like censor yourself, and actually it just had been this place where you were like, oh cool, like this place. Like, Instagram my mates. became that place. It was like, yes. oh, I can go on Instagram and post pictures yeah, of my yeah, right. tits or whatever I'm doing, and then get kicked <laughs> off again. Um, but like Did you, you get kicked off. No, no. That would be amazing. You only post pictures of your tits. You only post pictures of your ass. So you can like put like you know whatever caption you want, and you you feel like it's a little bit of a safe space. And then obviously then your parents join Instagram. Yeah. And then yeah, which is lovely. I love that. Or on the other side, you feel like it's a safe space and then your career takes off. And then it becomes For just well <laughs> yeah, in yeah, this yeah. case. Yeah. Like it just it becomes a space where like you were in conversations, having fun stuff, sharing things you like, and then it becomes a space where you don't have control of that anymore. There was a period of com- yes, yes. The, the, but also I think the the forum itself has changed. Because I remember when you first joined Twitter, it was mainly 
sort of group practical jokes. And yes. like Catelyn yes. Moran. Yeah, and, yeah. And there, like you know, site. there were sort of people doing serious and interesting stuff with it, but but it was all it was very different. It was people doing, I mean, it, some pretty incredible pieces of journalism. Yeah. You know, all this, the way that this sort of Arab Spring was covered through Twitter. Oh yeah, and the way that it oxygenated the kind of Black Lives Matter movement. It, it's really interesting hearing people who are involved in those things talk about Twitter particularly because it was such a because also it was a it's a public forum because technically you can't access Facebook unless you have a Facebook account yeah. and it's the same with all of those things but Twitter is entirely completely accessible yeah, even if you true. don't have a Twitter account you can still yeah. it, the the website still the individual Twitter pages still appear as websites mm. and so like it was half Rob Delaney being funny mm. and the other half was um, you know people using it as a tool to do incredible pieces of journalism and write about things that maybe wouldn't necessarily have been of interest to the gatekeepers in more established media outlets. Yeah, that's yeah. very, very true. I'm always very grateful for the things I've learned from social media that have come from areas that I have no direct experience of. Yeah, I'm thinking of things like trans rights. Yeah, same. A lot of, like a lot of new feminist writing, especially lots of feminist writing from women of colour. There's lots of conversations about class that I've been privy to in a way that I wouldn't have been without Twitter because otherwise you're only getting your information like from... Huh? You're in like a little echo chamber. Yeah, yeah. You get, you're in what they, also, what you're they in... allow to be kind of platformed. Otherwise, it kind of, social, yeah. kind of democratises the editorial platforms a bit, really. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm always wary when people say, oh, social media has got us all locked in echo chambers because I would argue I was in more of an echo chamber when I was growing up because I only yeah, yeah. got information from the direct people around you yeah. sources and the direct yeah and that's, <laughs> that's the thing is you have like the opportunity the access for it not to be the problem is yes. a lot of people don't create they don't curate they just, that yes. they, I always say to people in like talks and stuff I'm like they're like oh my, my feed is making me feel bad or like it's the same people and the same stuff and I'm like well that's like going to an art gallery and standing in front of a piece of art and being like I hate it I hate it and not leaving yeah. like unfollow people follow more interesting people like you can do that yourself but you're not curating that space you yeah. have to like, you have you like, like opportunity. to do because I, I follow loads of women of colour on Instagram mm. and people who are just like as in just, just to learn stuff but yeah. I had to be like right who are the people that I should be following who yeah, are the interesting yeah. people I'm the same as you like I feel really like I social media relationship is kind of odd in some ways but like I feel more, mostly gen- like um I feel like I've mostly benefited in the last years because I've just listened and learned so much stuff. Yeah. And it's there amazing is plen- to have So there that. is plenty to be said for that. And I mean, even in terms of the stuff that you did with the law change in this country mm. was also partly distributed. Started it was, all on social it media. It all came from, yeah. you know, and it, that, that's an yeah. example of it fueling grassroots activism, which mm. is always going to be an extremely positive thing. I, it, I got the chance to talk to DeRay McKesson who was one of the guy, people who was sort of on the ground in Ferguson. Oh, wow. And it, it was really interesting talking to him about the kind of early days of Black Lives Matter and how they they used Twitter as an organising tool. Yeah. And it, so there is all of that as well. The problem is that it ultimately, as much as we talk about these things as open platforms, there are gatekeepers. Yeah. Just because there's fewer of them and you're not talking about and editorial staff or sort of layers of it. Ultimately, we Mark Zuckerberg now edits the entire world. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. like, so we've, you know, in a way, 
as much as we've sort of torn down gatekeepers, we haven't really torn them down. We sort of folded them up and we put them in the pocket them. of one overlord gatekeeper. <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Nish, you're a Twitter man. Uh, you joined in 2010. Yes. Nine years, you've been on Twitter. Yes. That's, um, when you phrase it like that, yeah, it sounds okay. depressing. Quite horrific, <laughs> but well done. <laughs> and you brought three posts for us to discuss. Sure. Your first one, which I went and found. Yeah, which I don't remember. I have no idea what it would be. So... Literally, I found out you can... You, so for this podcast, I put a code into the top bar and you can go back to like the first ever um, Twitter post you ever did. Really? Which is terrifying. It makes me feel like a journalist that works in the mirror. Hey. But um, <laughs> it's fine because your first... It's so cute. It's so on brand. It's so cute. Well, you have two. I picked the first one, then I picked, picked one of the first ones. On the 20th of June, 2010, you tweeted, watching Poirot. <laughs> and then you put... It's fun shouting, I bet he did it everyone. It's like the cutest thing. We're just sitting so on your own watching Praro. No likes, no retweets. No, no likes, no, no retweets. Didn't hashtag Praro, didn't at anyone. Just telling them the world what you were doing. What were you, what were you doing in 2010? 2010. Apart from Poirot. N- n- no, so I remember quite specifically what I was doing. We were. I was doing a sketch show in Edinburgh um, with Tom Neenan. My friend. Yes, because your third tweet, you were talking to him. Your yeah, first yeah. ever tweet, you were chatting. And I was like, oh, oh friends forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so I was, Tom and I were doing a sketch show in Edinburgh mm. as the sketch double at The Gentleman of Leisure. And he, <laughs> actually, him and Ed Gamble had already been on Twitter for a while. And I'd also had a couple of conversations with, I remember having, I distinctly remember having a conversation in a car with a comic called Tien Duyeb, mm. who was, and Tien was basically, Tiernan was like basically trying to explain to me what Twitter was. I really vividly remember it. I see Tiernan all the time now, and he's like he's a he, but he's a lovely chap, but he's very funny. But he was one of the first. What was he saying? Twitter comedians. He's literally explaining to me the premise like, of Twitter. I, and I, he, like it was, I really remember. I think we'd done a gig in Southampton, and he was literally explaining to me, "Oh, there's this thing where you can just write." And I was just like, "What's the point? Well, what of do that? you write and who to?" I think he yeah. had done. I think he had done a Twitter gig. Because again, what? in the sort of early years of they, Twitter, they like it was put quite on big, stuff. Yeah, they put like a sort of Events. gig that was live tweeted, essentially. Oh, sick! And I think oh. that Twitter had organised that. What year was Twitter founded? Was it two thousand and eight or something? Oh my god, such a good question. I have no idea. No, I have no idea either. We'll but find out. And we'll put it in. Yeah. It had certainly been around for a couple of years by that point. Okay, cool. Well, Rose Matafeo was on it in two thousand and eight. 
Yeah. So like, I think it was around that time. Yeah, because right. Because most of the people, you know, it says like your username, it says like when you started. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. loads of my friends who are like in their 30s and stuff. 21st of March 2006, but I don't, oh, think, it, I don't think it caught Kick, on. Kicked off to Because it was just Catelyn Moran and Rob Delaney talking to each other for like two years. And <laughs> so then, good. But I remember that thing of like the first tweet you did just being like, okay, here I go. Like what? And who are you talking to? I yeah. no followers. I was very resistant to it, but then I'm... Uh, the, the weirdest thing about my relationship with Facebook is that I just signed up for it. Whereas normally I'm very resistant. I didn't get a mobile phone until I went to university. Yeah. I didn't get Twitter for years. I was very resist. I'm always very resistant to any sort of change. You could see the use you. of yeah. Facebook though. You could see the use for well, it. Well, what happened was a friend of mine moved, switched university. We switched university courses. Mm-hmm. And so he moved to a different uni and so it was the reason we had Facebook was it was a way of staying in touch with him. Well, that's yeah. like what it originally was, right? In like yeah. unis, it was Friends a uni networking thing. So yeah, that's yeah. why it was used the best. But then Twitter was kind of like I'm talking to anyone. Yeah, I just I did I truly did not see the point of did it. Not get it. And then we were go- when in the lead up to Edinburgh, there was this, this sense of like, well, it might be good if we were on Twitter the promo. Yeah, and, um, yeah, I think it was. I think it was sort of sold to me as like a way of promoting. Well, Which is what, nine years later, I feel like yeah. you're doing all right here. Yeah, it does <laughs> yeah, work. Sure. Um, also, so your, your Pyro tweet, you obviously got a taste for it, mm. um, not Pyro on Twitter, because um, then two days later, you tweeted very much something that you'd tweet now. Mm. Daily Mail blames England's performance at WC on mass immigration. This is not a joke. So there we go. Same nishy, same nishy, nine years later. Yeah. Loving it. Like, couldn't be more just you on Twitter for it's nine great. years. It's great. I mean, it's glad. It's good to know that I've always been a tedious bore. Not a tedious bore. It's a man who cares, guys. Man who cares. Same truth to power. Man of the peeps. Or speaking truth to power. So second post is one you regret. Is there a post that you can pinpoint in your head that you wish you hadn't posted? Or yeah, there's a few things. So part of the reason I regret posting this is I was a bit drunk. I was at um, a friend's wedding... And I just turned my phone on and I, you know, sort of instinctively turned Twitter on, which is a weird thing if you think about it. You sort of, when you wake up, you don't open the window and go, what's happening, everyone? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's weird. Um, and I want to so- do that now. Yeah. And somebody had uh, tweeted something, which is sort of is an occasional thing that we all get. And when I say we all, I mean anyone who is in the public sphere who is not... Um, middle class or upper middle class or posh straight white man mm-hmm. is that if you if you do anything creative and you're not from that group you will always be accused of banging on about the thing that makes you not a part yes, of that group yes. so yes. banging on about being a woman banging on about being gay banging on about being, whatever x y z whatever yeah. it is so somebody had said something to me that was to the effect of why do you always bang on about being indian and i replied I quote tweeted it and replied, I'm so brown, sorry. Indian, Indian, brown, Indian. But that's funny. Yeah, which is <laughs> fine. It was it was funny, but then about half an hour later, the problem is you, you have to adjust to having more followers than yeah, the, your Yeah, if you sit in a room with us as Absolutely. friends, yeah, it's like, exactly. it's funny, but then yeah. you put it on Twitter then you, and you're like, Then you put oh. it on Twitter and you sort of open someone up. To, and it's not, you know, it's not even the worst version of a pylon but mm. it's you've sort of opened you've someone up you've directed yeah, your followers and then, and then them, I sp- yeah and then I spotted that they deleted their account and then I felt very bad oh shit because uh-huh. it was you know I, I also don't agree with not engaging with all of those things because I think part of the problem part of the reason we've ended up in the 
socio-political situation we've ended up in is there's been too much of an emphasis on not having uh, uncomfortable conversations with Agreed. people and also just sort of, you know, just sort of going, oh, well, th- those are just their views. Yes. Different generation, X, Y, Z. And I think that, that that's a problem. But I think there is a more constructive way to have that conversation than to post a tweet about it yeah. and have loads of people reply to it being like, what an idiot, what an idiot. Well, like Carrie Ad Lloyd yeah. had that thing where um, she... I can't remember what bloody she was. Bloody good period thing. Yeah, it was yeah. the bloody good period. Oh and God. then Graham Linehan's followers just completely piled on. And it was because he knew what he was doing. Like, he yeah. knows the um, the sway um, that he has. And whenever he replies to anybody, all of his followers yeah, see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, So then to be like, oh, sorry. Like, it's like he didn't realise. Like, you when did realise. Yeah, and like, for you to realise that, I don't think a lot of people do realise that. And actually, to be fair, I've only just come to that understanding that, like, I... We all want to think of ourselves as the people in these rooms having chats with our friends. Mm. And then you have, you get to a point where you go, actually, there are 50,000 people who are looking at everything I say. And however much I don't want that to... That scares me. You also have to go, this is such a massive responsibility in that. Mm. And, like, you're a human, so sometimes you don't want to engage and sometimes you want to make a joke because it's easier like you did there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then off the back of that comes something that you can't really control. So you have yeah. to foresee that. And I think it's being able to do that is quite responsible because I don't think a lot of people do that online. No. Then they realise Or that, know that they have to. No. You know, I'm a stand-up comedian. I could have... Yeah retold that anecdote on stage and made essentially the same joke mm-hmm. and not included the person's name. Yes. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yes, that's true. a really good way of looking at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's um, when I discovered the art of the subtweet. Very good. Oh, yes. Very strong yeah. and subtle. It took literally seven months to figure out what that meant. For <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> long, I was like, can't stop subtweeting. Like, what, what are you doing? No, I don't know what I was just saying. Well, <laughs> <laughs> because like words and vernac move so quickly on Twitter, I, I end up Googling everything yeah, 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 yeah. so that like feral hogs thing because it goes so quickly that you it's in meme stage when yeah, i've got yeah, to yeah, it yeah, so right. i can't get to the actual source of the information anyone listening it's the last year there was 30 to 50 feral hogs and it was, it, yeah, just it, google it, it. Yeah. just google it and it was in three to five minutes just google it it was somebody trying to explain that they should not change gun laws in america <laughs> Because they have to deal oh, yes. with thirty to fifty feral hogs yes. every day. Every, th- every three to five every minutes three, when their children yeah. are playing. It was like it that was, was amazing. A tweet. That's someone's but actual it, life. It took me like forty-five minutes because the Guardian had then done an explainer. So was like, thank God. So obviously, like news sites have, have picked, picked up. up on it, and being like, people need to know. Because I googled there was something as well to do with the Queen dying or something. And there was yes, like a WhatsApp was, there thing. There was a faked WhatsApp group that had revealed the Queen was dead. Yeah. And then once you go and into it, you're like, I'm good, lost already. But it was yeah. all the names. It was like Eggy or something. I can't remember yeah, what his yeah, name yeah. Was. it was. Like, it was like something that. like that. And I was yeah. like, what is that? And you, you feel yeah. like, I feel like I'm a 70-year-old woman. But... Do you know what? I had a weird thing with I Stan, right? So like, I Stan. We yeah, Stan. Yeah, yeah. We Stan. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. But when that started happening, I only heard of it because I was outside a co-op in a pink wig and these girls came up and were like, we Stan, like screamed at me. And I was like, <laughs> And I said, I tried to stand, but I no, no, I hate it. And I'm then thinking about it. I said, I tried to stand, but I can't quite. That's fine. That's not no sense. That's fine. No. That just means that you have like low self-esteem. Yeah. I know, but they looked at me and went, oh, and walked off. Yes, because they were d- like, you didn't understand what stand no, meant. They were like, I stand. I was like, I tried to stand, but I can't quite. And they were like, oh, have a good day. I like, left. I was like, oh, I didn't know what it meant. Because when I first heard that term, I was like, there's no... It's like, not Eminem. It's it can't be Eminem. Yeah, but it's yeah, it sick though, isn't it? It's so I weird. Stand. And also, most of the people saying we stand do not know what that song is <laughs> at all because yeah. they're all like seven. They're born after it. Tried to put over a version of myself that's like trying to learn and be kinder. And now I'm about to tell a story that is in of itself slightly cruel. 
But um, <laughs> sure. it's right. yeah, it's like it's you know it's a process, guys. Yeah. Um, it, the only reason I'm proud of this is because he is a first-rate bellend. Because it appears more. Yeah. yeah. And, and also, it was it was that he dug up the tweet. That's what I think was extraordinary. What? So in 2000... I, I remember all of the circumstances around this. In 2016, he wrote something about Beyonce. He, he She wasn't being black in the correct way. So this, this was sort of in the aftermath of... Yeah, it's sort of in the aftermath of formation and then her... The performance at the Super Bowl, yeah. which was is still technically Coldplay doing the Super Bowl, even though everyone's like, "Why were they there at Beyonce's performance?" <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, she was like doing a guest slot, and but the, you know the the but all the imagery around formation and the sort of extraordinary stuff she was doing yeah, was around that time, yeah. And it, it, there was something, and it really wound me up. And Is I tweet entitlement of feeling like you can say that shit. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. How do you know? Yeah. What you gives know, you mate? any like oh anyway, sorry. I, and I was definitely trying to do I definitely remember being trying to do stand up about it and not quite being able to get past the naked anger that I had for his attitude. Right. And so ending up sort of jettisoning the material. And then but there was one joke where I said that he was what would happen if someone injected white privilege into a gammon state. I remember that. And that was the only thing that I... And I tweeted that and left it. Two and a half years later, they... I had agreed to do Question Time and the week... It was the first episode of a new series and in the last episode of a previous series, David Dimbleby said, and the first episode of next series will be joined by Piers Morgan and Nish Kumar. And he then started tweeting me... He then started saying to me, well, I hope you've got as much, you know, I hope you can handle slagging me off behind my back. And I was like, I have no idea. I do not remember slagging you off. I mean, I this do. Is like fighting talk yeah. for It was really time. weird. Like and I, do, I was like, I do. I have absolute contempt for you. Mm. But I don't actually remember expressing that publicly. And he had dug up that tweet. Oh, and, and he then reposted it. It was like, what do you think about this? And I was like, it's pretty funny. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> It's actually my best work, I'd say. I do think it's pretty funny. It's kind of odd, though, isn't it, that, like... It's not kind of odd. It's overtly odd (laughs) that, like, a guy with that platform doing that job will hear that he's working with someone and then go out of his way to find evidence So I don't know what the truth of this is. The rumours I've been... I've had rumours fed back to me by people who have worked for him. Yeah. uh, That he... He obsessively searches his own name. Right. And he has assistants who... So, and again, let me heavily caveat this by saying I don't know if, if this, this is, is true or not. Yeah. And I also... There's a part of me that suspects it can't actually be true just because of the amount of, you know... Just because the amount of sort of labour it would require. require. Mm. But apparently he has someone on his staff that archives tweets and negative comments people have done to then... Use well, I'm glad they're putting the energy into the world in a good way that's really needed. Well, there's a lot, but again, I, mean, I don't know if that's true. And there's of, a part of you that thinks it can't, it can't be because be, the sheer volume oh my God. of Twattering. online conversation about him about that, that he generates. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's part of what he does. It's co- yeah, it's constant. But we're saying, we're saying Piers Morgan is what would happen if you injected white privilege into a damn mistake. I stand by that. Yes, yes. I'd be very proud of it. And I stand by that. Do you know what? I stand it. I fully stand stand. 
so we've got a feature that I stand personally. Yeah. Um, and I also stand with. Um, yeah. It's a little feature called Follow and Follow Block. And we give you three people and you just say whether you'd follow, you don't follow them or you'd block them. Okay, great. And obviously the three people we're going to give you is Ed Gamble. Yeah. Um, great comedian, Taskmaster, everything. Um, Tom Neenan. Yeah. Writer of MASH Report. And James Acaster. <laughs> So who Cute. would you follow? Unfollow and block. And beware that the difference, there is a subtle difference between unfollow and block. Yeah, yeah. Because you literally don't want to see their shit anymore. <laughs> Whereas unfollow is like, nah, take it, leave it. Uh, I'll block Acaster. Oh, that was fast. Why did you go block first? He's not on Twitter. He's not on Twitter anymore. Oh. So in a way, it's the, it is a cheat. It does, it does the least social damage to it's me. It's James Acaster on Twitter. Yeah, but I would never block James Acaster. Okay, great. Who's James Acaster? So uh, about... Eight years ago, James was on Russell Howard's Good News, yeah. and uh, when the, the stand-ups would do little slots on Russell Howard's Good News, and they would have their name repeated over and over oh, again remember, on yeah. the screen as a background, and they misspelled James's name uh, as James A. Castor, <laughs> and then that Twitter account now exists. Oh my god! And it is James just tweets about Nish. Ego. It just you know tweets. What? I yeah. sort of this is you know we talk about the internet and how fucking. Shit it is. But then we also things like that and I just go, I just it's love very people. Funny. No, this people is, are so funny. This is the thing about the James A. Castor Twitter account because it's sort of having a parallel career to James. <laughs> but it but and also like it's sort of written in almost borderline nonsensical language. Oh, I yeah, love it's it. like it's like he can't spell, he doesn't really understand anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's really stupid. I love yeah. it. Yeah. You've got a parallel haven't you got a, tw- yes, a Twitter yeah, account? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, there are what's lots your of, one? I actually can't, I can't remember. remember. Oh, shit. There's a, I've, there's a, a, really there's a couple of like faked Nish Kumar Twitter accounts as Excellent. well. But they exist in the same universe as the James A. Castor. It's like a it's parallel like universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really so is. So fun. I only really have fake accounts if they're trying to like hurt me. So, I'm, you know, <laughs> I have fake accounts of guys trying to like make up rumours. I don't really have fun ones. I'd like it if someone made like a Gina Fartin or something. And it was just like really <laughs> That'd stupid. That'd be so much fun. I'll do that if you want, okay, mate. Great. That's fine. It's less fun Solid. if you do it. Yeah, and I've told you. I have to be like, surprised by it, even though I've asked people to now do it. Anyway, okay, so follow and follow block. So you're blocking James Acaster. Okay, yeah. and who are you following and who are you unfollowing out of both great friends, Ed Gamble and Tom Neenan? Well, I'll unfollow Tom Neenan because Tom Harsh. Neenan and I work together so often that if I unfollow him, I feel like it, he could... You'll lose your job. Well, no, I feel like he could tweet about... <laughs> having a real nightmare day True. I, feel, I feel like it would create more of a safe space for Tom to tweet about you know there was that... writing for a show the host is being a complete nightmare <laughs> there was yeah. that lovely moment on the MASH report where um, there's like a photo of it and you know it I don't know why I'm telling you but it's just nice where um, what was it that happened the, a report had just come in and there was a photo of Tom oh, handing yeah. you oh, the yes, stuff yeah. just written the, for you. It was some leaks about the Yellowhammer was... impact report into a no-deal Brexit. That came out during the recording. And Nina... So, like, we finished the recording and then... Well, he gets drunk in the room and watches and he said he was pissed. And then this happened he's like, <laughs> shit, I've got to write all this yeah, stuff yeah. about Nish. Yeah, yeah. Because he writes, little, like, not all, but lots of the stuff that Nish says. And then, like, and then he just handed it to you. Wow. And there's a lovely, like, you could just see his little face. And it was like, friends. Yeah, so yeah, nice. yeah. And also, like, let's think back as well, listeners, to... You know, you on Twitter in 2009, one of your fourth tweets was you and Tom, like, chatting. Well, that's, like, that's very normal to you, but people don't... I don't think people think when someone's in a position of doing these kind of shows and something, working with these people, that they've been they friends for 10 years. Yeah, 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 it's sure. so great that you've gone through that together. You're and in you've that got double yeah, act. Completely. Yeah, and now absolutely, you are yeah. still in a double act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a way. 100%. So it's lovely. great. It's absolutely great. So, uh, because at the moment, 
if he complains about me, I am going to see it. Yes, <laughs> so truth, truth. I want to now make I want it more to reintroduce the anonymity of social media for him. Perfect. And I'll follow Ed Gamble so I can learn about fitness and heavy metal. Okay, sick. <laughs> That's good. Good answer. <laughs> So, Nishi, yes. thank you for coming. Thank you so much. I know you've had a mad week and you're a very busy man, but it's you have been a friend to, to my sister for 10 years and we always love you. I love you both. Yeah. And it's you're been a, a pleasure to great. be here with the Martin sisters. I mean, it always is. What did you say before? The mackerel down? What was he called? The, the, Mitford, the TikTok Mitfords. Yeah. I mean, not, neither of us are on TikTok, but <laughs> now we are. It's the vibe that can, I, In fact, we were actually talking the other day. What, we, should do a, we should do a TikTok. We got drunk and went, we should do a TikTok. And then at the end, we, but as we left, we were like, we won't do a TikTok. No, no, no. I'll no, see you tomorrow. That's yeah, the end. But that's yeah. what we'll do. We'll do a TikTok Mitfords. Um, amazing. Please like and subscribe. And just go deep into your own grid and just send us your weird and wonderful very early Instagram posts or Twitter um, screenshots and we will repost our faves yes and also remember have a think about your relationship with social don't get too precious about it it's meant to be fun but if you're really worried then you might as well just delete later bye bye Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.